Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. After a hiatus to celebrate Memorial Day and my wife's 30th birthday, we are back. And it's just going to be a quick news-hitting show because there's a lot of little things that are going on here in the world of the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to talk all about it, from Justin Jefferson to Dalvin Cook and everything in between. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of the good, the bad, and the hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. You are looking live. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Back after a one-day hiatus, I am your host Tyler Forno. With me, top right corner producer Dave. Dave, what's in the glass tonight? Believe it or not, scotch. What it kind? It is Highland Park Twelve. Ooh, that, Vikings that honor. Is, that's not peaty at all. That's a, that's just a single malt, right? No, it is quite peaty. Okay. I, I always get that one confused. If you like non-PD scotch, I recommend the Dalmore 12. That no. one was really good. No, this is, you taste the peat. Yeah, that's not for me. I don't like that. I want smoke in my meat. And now that it's legal in Minnesota, smoke in my weed. That's <laughs> all that resist. on the news. <laughs> I could not resist making that joke. It was just too easy. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. We're here, we're going to talk some basics today. We're going to talk about Justin Jefferson contract. Details about the Byron Murphy and Alexander Madison contracts were revealed today. And should we worry about Jordan Addison? Let's just start there. Jordan Addison is not practicing at OTAs. Judd Zolgad asked about him at camp. It sounds like things, things are okay with Addison. And honestly, we shouldn't really be worried unless they give us something to worry about. If you're dinged up at all, if you're dinged up at all, you shouldn't be practicing at OTAs. Like, no. It's you shouldn't be. This is a like optional practice. Don't hurt yourself. Get yourself healthy. If he's not there for mandatory mini camps, then I think we should be worried because that's a little bit more serious. Then I think, and especially considering the, the distance in between his last practice, and then and I think you can really raise some eyebrows and be like, okay, what is going on here? Why isn't he practicing? And even so. I'm not stressed about it. I don't know how you feel, Dave. We have not had a chance to have that conversation. But to me, it's a nothing burger until I'm told it needs to be something else. I'm not so sure. One, we all have that fear in the back of our heads of it's Mm -hmm. just a tweak. And supposedly in minicamp, it was just a little pop. And we know how it's just a tweak turned out. So that worries Vikings fans because... We're sadomasochists, and we know the worst will happen. Also, from a playing point of view, he's a rookie. Being a rookie, he has to take time to adjust to the NFL speed of the game, and you can only do that through reps. He is missing those reps. Hopefully, this won't affect him. It has affected other rookies in the past, however, and they did not get the time they needed to get up 
as far enough up to a certain point to enter the season. Hopefully this is nothing, just a soft tissue issue, injury, like maybe a slightly pulled hammy or something, and that he'll mm-hmm. be good to go. And the training staff is doing the ice, heat, massage, all the stuff that needs to speed up that healing. He is young, so the healing goes faster. But I do start to worry a little bit because I don't want to see any of these guys miss time. Mm. Is Odie being a stinker right now? Is that why you're yep. moving around? <laughs> so this is his bed. And I don't know if you know this, but dogs a lot of times don't like to sleep in their beds. Well, this bed is going to end up getting thrown away tonight in the trash because Odie decided he wanted to use it as a chew toy. And he, the little turkey, likes to eat the stuffing. He's just a little turkey butt. So, yeah, I, and well, Merlin agrees. So, Yeah, well, Merlin loves to eviscerate his stuffed toys. And that white foam goes everywhere, or the white stuffing. Odie likes to eat that stuffing. So, Well, don't worry. It goes through. It comes out the other end. I know. But still, you never know when it can become an obstruction, especially in such a small dog. So we try to, if we see it, we eliminate it right away. That means I don't have to buy Odie a bed ever again. That kind of kicks ass. So I'll take it. But so I'll counter with your take with this, Dave. And I understand, oh, the tweak, you know, we got PTSD from it. At the end of the day, different training staff, different coaching staff, different front office. It doesn't bother me. And especially when it's a first round pick, we're not talking about a neck injury. The second they said neck injury, I immediately like. I had eyebrows raised. I'm like, okay, there's just, this could be something big. And it ended up being something big. But this is, I believe it's a hamstring. Odie, do you need to play with that bottle right now? Hey, while Tyler takes care of Odie real quick, I want to say hello to everybody that's joined us so far on the show. Of course, the wonderful, (laughs) beautiful (laughs) Miss Mary, (laughs) Dr. Proto. Davy Chains, my good buddy. Yes. My worthless opinion. Norse Feces, one of the favorite SPs I've ever known. Steve Younginger. Bob Swede. Hey there, Bob. And who else am I missing? Dan Henneman. Good to see you, Dan. And Matthew Labe. Skull from Montreal. Thank you guys for joining, and most of you are here every show, and I greatly appreciate it. This is one of my favorite parts of the job, is being able to do the show and just talk football and then being able to answer some of your questions and have kind of that community, so I greatly appreciate it. And so does Odie, because without it, he doesn't have a home. So uh, (laughs) never forget that. Now, with the Addison thing, unless I'm given a reason to, and because it's a new regime, I'm not, I, yeah. I'm not reading anything into it until I need to. I think it's a nothing. A couch, Bob. Hey, first dog I ever had after we got married was a black lab. He started eating the house. He started with the trim around the walls and then the parquet floors. He started pulling up parquet bits and started chewing on those. Damn. The worst thing Odie has done is he ate my hat. (laughs) My my office door was open and somehow a nice black Minnesota hat ended up on the floor. Yeah, he chewed the brim of it pretty gnarly. And I'm like, I literally just bought this hat. Like, no, yeah, it stunk. But you know what? 
it is what it is. The life of a dog owner. Hey there, Raymond. Hey there, Justin. Welcome to the show. All right. Well, now that we've talked about Addison and how I believe you're wrong, let's move on to Justin Jefferson, Dave, because Jefferson. So let's start at this point. Mark Rosen at the end of the Power Trip Morning Show today said, watch out for Justin Jefferson news within the next 48 hours. To me, that says contract extension. And this is where Dalvin Cook comes into play. We're going to kind of merge the two topics together. Tomorrow is June 1st. And that means everybody who is a post-June 1st designation, those cap dollars that you get from it hit the salary cap Mm -hmm. on June 1st. Thor Nystrom on the first episode of Purple Daily on Draft for Score North that he and I co-host, he said that he had heard their parameters worked out with an AFC team for a post-June 1st trade. Tomorrow, Miami gets $13.3 million in cap space. You know what that means? They have enough space to bring in Dalvin Cook. Can they bring in Dalvin Cook? Will they bring in Dalvin Cook or do different things? It would not shock me if they want to go full super team that style of football and just be like, hey, we're going to have a billion weapons, and now we have a Pro Bowl running back to be able to help take our offense to a different level. Oh, Odie, hold on. He was He's reverse sneezing. Ah, which is there you go, good. bud. Good boy. But it happens every now and then, but if you catch it, like on the first one, you, what you do is you close their mouth and you cover a nostril. And then and it gets it like stops the process pretty quickly. So he's okay. He had a busy day because we had to go to the vet and he got a shot, but he got peanut butter, so it was okay. Yeah. So with let's get back to the dolphins here before I, I spend an entire hour talking about Odie, which I honestly I probably could do. The Dolphins have the space to be able to bring him in. And if they do, what kind of draft capital compensation would it be that that I can't answer because it's anywhere from a seventh round pick to like a third. Like there's just such a wide variance of what that could be that we just don't know. And I'm not going to speculate. It's somewhere in that range where it's just a seventh round pick or a pick swap versus like a late day two. So whatever that looks like, the Vikings could end up getting. And here's why that's important for Justin Jefferson extension. If they trade him, it saves $11 million in cap space this season. Yeah, they, the, there's some that gets put next year. I think it's about $4 million. bucks. Seven, $11 million bucks, you know what that means, Dave? You can put all that towards a Justin Jefferson contract extension. And you, you, you know to. what? Yes. You could do it as a roster bonus. Mm-hmm. Don't even have to do it as a signing bonus, which means you don't prorate it. And one of the things that the Vikings did when they signed Antoine Winfield was they front-loaded the contract. Now, when you did things like that, you had to be careful because you could not have a 30% uh-huh. increase or decrease in cap hit year over year. So they had to be careful how they structured it, but they front-loaded it to make it as easy as possible later on in the contract, especially in case he ends up stinking and crap in the bed so they have to move on from him before they want to because they signed him with the intent of, hey, we want to keep him for the whole contract. Odie, do you really have to eat the treadmill? He's eating the treadmill. Yeah, I love my dog, but the guy on the YouTube comments for Purple Daily on Draft saying I can't control my dog, he's going to have a field day with this one. But I don't care. It's Odie. He is, have you he tried a Kong where it's got the hole and you can shove peanut butter in it? Oh, yeah. He'll have that done in 10 minutes and move on to something else. 
<laughs> but it's because we had we moved the treadmill in from the other room for when my in-laws were in town. I, I just got to move it back. You sweet boy. Get it. He'll mellow out as he ages. Oh, he's fine. He's already a lot more mellow than when we were doing this show six months ago. Let's just be real here. So Jefferson's contract, if that ends up happening, that's going to be a huge deal for this team. And let's talk about the Kwesi Mensa contracts. One thing he has not done is given people more than two years. Now, these are all free agents, and the only one he's given an extension to was Kirk Cousins, and that was a one-year extension. His free agent contracts have been all one or two years. Zadarius's was a three, but that third year was basically a dummy year. There's no way they were going to actually get to that point. They weren't even going to get to this year as a point. So that I kind of just rule out as an anomaly. But they're only doing one or two year deals because they want to keep them. They want to keep themselves flexible. They want to give themselves the ability to do a lot of different things. This is going to be a different deal. Why? All those guys that signed those contracts or extensions either had age or injury concerns. Byron Murphy, Marcus Davenport, like Josh Oliver, he got he, he did get a three-year deal, so he's the other anomaly. He got a three-year, $21 million contract. That is going to be the same ilk as Justin Jefferson's contract. Not in the sense that they're going to get the same amount of money. Absolutely not. Justin Jefferson's year, average annual value is going to be worth more than the Josh Oliver contract. But it's going to be the same ilk where they're going to view him on a different level. Because Oliver had no injury or age concerns, so they gave him a longer term. They're going to do that with Jefferson. They're going to do that with Derisaw. They can adjust it so they can have, like, Rob Brzezinski loves rolling guarantees, where stuff guarantees on the third day of the league year, yada, yada, yada. But with a guy like Jefferson, that's never going to matter. It just gives you ultimate flexibility to be able to move money around. And I believe that they're going to take care of that. And that's going to be not a non-issue. It's Justin Jefferson. He's arguably the best player in the National Football League that is not a quarterback. You can, like, and he's going to get paid Aaron that way. Yeah, there's Aaron Donald. There's Micah Parsons. There's the Bosa brothers. There's Miles Garrett. There are a lot of very good football players that could have that title. He's one of them. And I think that cannot be overstated here. They're... I predicted when I wrote a feature piece on him back in November, and I shared it on VikingsWire.com earlier today. I predicted that he was going to get a three-year, $96 million contract. Why three years? Justin Jefferson right now is 23 years old. By the end of his rookie contract, he'll be 25. By the end of this contract, he'll be 28. And in that Devontae Adams situation where he's ready for the next contract. Well, so basically at the age of 27, he's going to be negotiating his third contract. So he'd have three years still playing under the age of 30 on that next contract. So to me, that's why I think he's going to accept a shorter term deal. I believe the Vikings are going to want to sign him for five years and get that ultimate flexibility. But here's where things can come into play. You can just add void years. You can have void years. I'm not saying it's a good thing, Dave. I'm saying that this is a normal thing. Now, Marcus Davenport and Byron Murphy's void years, Dave? Sorry, Norse Theseus. Oh, Norse that's Theseus. Fun. <laughs> if you have 
Marcus Davenport, one year, thirteen million Sorry, dollar buddy. deal. If he balls out this year, stays healthy, guess what? You extend him in the four years, just become part of the contract. So the, to me, it, like that's not a problem. Hold on. Okay. Jefferson. Right now, he's in what year of his rookie contract? Year four. Year four. We've done a fifth year extension already. So he's got two years left. Yes. This year and next year. Mm-hmm. And then you're saying he'll take a three on top of that. So we'd control him for the next five years. Yep. I'm wagering that is not what's going to happen. That they'll try to make that three a six. Oh, Dave, didn't you hear me say? I think they're going to try and do at least a five-year deal with him. I think it's going to end up being a three-year deal, and they'll add a couple void years to it to give them more flexibility. But when he signs that third contract, those void years just add, like, the money that's there just gets added to the cap hit. So it's not even a big deal, and that's why... I'm not worried about the Davenport and Byron Murphy void years because if they ball out, they're going to get extensions. It's just going to be, it's just going to keep multiplying. Like it's fine. It's is annoying, especially if you have to cut him. Yeah, it is. But if you don't have to and you end up just giving the guy an extension, it works out really well. And that's where I think all these things kind of add up. I think Jefferson's going to want a shorter term deal. And when I took a look at all the receivers that have recently signed their first contract extension, Devontae Adams signed a five-year deal with the Raiders. His third contract, Tyreek Hill, signed a four-year deal with the Dolphins. His third contract, the only receiver in the last couple of years that has signed a second contract for four years, A.J. Brown. And that's with the Eagles, who notoriously like to sign longer-term deals for flexibility. Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, three-year deals. Deontay Johnson, two-year deal. And the list goes on and on. I'm actually going to pull it up here in a second. While because you do that, I think Sarah says what these players put their bodies through, they deserve to get paid. Mm-hmm. I think we all agree, Sarah, that is the case. And from what I read from Mike Florio of PFT, it is the injury guarantees that may be the sticking points on this contract negotiation. If it is such the injury guarantees, that means they've probably already agreed on the total amount of money and the total years already. So now I want to talk about it like this because the injury is a very fascinating element of this discussion, Sarah. When it comes to Justin Jefferson, you have there are two schools of thought. One, you sign the big deal now and you get the guarantees. But if you believe that this medical staff will keep you healthy and you will be as healthy as possible, you wait two years and guess what? You keep playing the way you are, which let's just be honest, that's about a 95th percentile outcome. Like it just seems likely that he's going to continue at this pace. He could end up not getting like 30 or 32 million a year. He could get like 36, 37. So that could end up being an extra 15 to $20 million total that he would be able to capitalize on just by waiting on that extension. So it's really, what do you prefer more? Do you want the security or do you want to completely bet on yourself so you can get the absolute most money? How is Jefferson going to handle that? Can he find a company to give him an insurance policy on that money? So if he doesn't, you know, doesn't, he ends up getting hurt and destroying his knee or 
breaking his neck, God forbid, then he's got money coming to him. And that's the decision all these guys have to make. Lamar Jackson waited until the last second. And you know what happened? Five years, $260 million, $52 million average annual value. Good on him. Jalen Hurts did not wait. The sec- like Within a couple months of him being eligible to sign that contract, five years, $255 million. There's two schools of thought. If Lamar Jackson would have signed two years ago, he's barely making $40 million average annual value. So he, in theory, ended up netting himself $10 to $12 million extra per season on average because he waited. How will Jefferson approach it? He said that money isn't really that big of a factor. He knows he's going to get his. But when it comes down to negotiations, how is that going to play true? And I will never fault a player for trying to maximize his value, ever. Because as Sarah pointed out, these guys put their bodies through hell and they do everything they can. Peyton Manning and Drew Brees were notorious. They are like, look, I don't handle a salary cap. Pay me what I'm worth. Don't blame them. As a fan of those teams, would you like them to see them go the Tom Brady route? Yeah, Mm -hmm. but not everybody marries the OG Victoria's Secret supermodel who makes three (laughs) times as much as Tom did. Like, that's the difference here. And I wonder if he's getting alimony. That's actually a good point because he made so much less than her. I wonder how that those divorce <laughs> proceedings are coming. That just as like an uh, intrigue, like they're both going to be fine financially. Well, he's got the. But that's a fair point. The big contract for the doing the Fox, and he's also now mm-hmm. actual owner of the Oakland, not the Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders. So yeah. we'll see. Now there is you talked about the the two ways players can view this. They can bet on themselves, want short contracts so I can come out and make more money. I'll wait till the last minute, get the bigger contract, play shorter, get the next bigger contract, play shorter, etc. Then there's those that go, wow, I'm being handed $190 million or $200 million. That's life-changing money. I can buy a whole truckload of necklaces or whatever he spends his money on. And go, I'm good, and sign it. It's it depends on the individual because there are players that do both. With that sort of money, he sets up his family, whether it be him, and I don't even know, I don't even think he's married, future wife, future kids for a long time. As long as he manages it well and doesn't have birthday parties with camels and things like that, and overspend it, he literally sets up generations of his family if he does it right but you take the gamble on the short-term ones yes you can pay out bigger in the long run but like we said he could take a wrong step somewhere and boom blows out that knee and just trash and is never the same again and does not make that big money so that's what they sit there and they weigh when they see the offers coming across Bob Swede yeah. saying Tom's going to be a Raiders QB this year. I have heard rumors that may be a possibility, but he'd have to get owner's permission to do so. And they'll approve it. You know why they'll approve it, Dave? Mm-hmm. Because it'll draw money for the league and it'll draw intrigue for the league. That Yeah, he absolutely will get approval if he chooses to go down that path. But yeah, this Justin Jefferson contracting is going to be fascinating to watch. 
I'm very intrigued to see how it goes, who, how Kwesi is going to structure some of these contracts. Because as you mentioned, those injury guarantees, like, I think Jefferson's going to be guaranteed a lot of money. I would be shocked if it's a five-year deal, if he's guaranteed less than $100 million. I, I really would be shocked. Five, like $32 million average annual value is my guess. How much of that is funny money? I don't know. I expect my, that my, to be higher than that. I expect well, it to be I, 35 to 40. I don't. It, so Tyreek Hills, Devontae Adams has a real like $28 million average annual value. Tyreek Hills is funny money that fourth year. He'll never play on that contract right. in year four. It's like $45 million. So it's really a three-year, 25 average annual value contract. So you're asking him to go from 28 to 35, 40. I don't see that jump being made because I don't think it depends on the length of the contract. Hold on, hold on. I don't want. I don't think the Vikings are going to want to set that precedent. Like that, you don't want your first. They're the ones that set the 100 percent guaranteed contract precedent. This is a different regime. It's a different world. Quarterbacks have always been on their own plane. I don't see Quasi Dopamenta looking at Justin Jefferson being like, we're going to give him a far and away record-setting contract and set the market for decades. Like I just don't see them doing that. It does not make fiscal sense. It, does not, like, it doesn't seem like their MO, where they're always trying to be smart with their money. They technically gave Kirk Cousins an under-market-value extension last March. I don't see them all of a sudden giving him a, like, you're talking about, like, upwards of 50% above the current market value. That's insanity. Even when Kirk Cousins signed, his contract was beat, like, 40 days later with Matt Ryan's. Like, it's not like what Cousins was being paid was just this astronomical figure. It just was because it was a free agent contract, not a, not, like, an extension. So it just it was viewed differently, both fairly and unfairly. If you d- kind of boil it down, I don't think it goes higher than thirty-two. I think four million dollars over what Devontae Adams is getting makes a lot of sense to me. We'll see. And let's talk about for those yeah. that don't know what the Camel story—that's Adrian Peterson, and Adrian Peterson, I think, is near bankrupt or filed bankruptcy, and he made a boatload of money with the Vikings. He just mishandled it with you know himself and his gang and people and child support and all sorts of other stuff. And what he's giving me the sad eyes. He wants to snuggle and play, but he does not want me to lift him up. Ah. So Dr. Proto Cousins does have an injury guarantee, yes. Yep, that's what that full guarantee is. So there's two types of guarantees. Fully guaranteed or it's guaranteed no matter what and guaranteed for injury only. And that's how Dalvin Cook got that extra $2 million guaranteed because he had that shoulder surgery. If he was healthy, he doesn't get that. And the Vikings would not be shocked if they moved on earlier than they have if because of that $2 million. But we'll see what happens. If they trade him, it doesn't matter. Those guarantees go on to the team that was going to pay him anyways. So it becomes moot at that point. But for Dalvin, no matter what, he's getting at least two more million bucks. And Michael and, comes and in the, and says, trade J.J. We're not changing JJ. That's not going to happen, Michael. Let's talk about a couple things before we get out Mateo, of here tonight. welcome. Contract incentives. So the Vikings signed Alexander Madison and Byron Murphy Jr. to contracts, and they added a lot of incentives in there. 
And those incentives were revealed today. Artie Myrov of the 33rd team ended up acquiring 40 contracts. And two, th- those two contracts were in his piece. So let's start with Alexander Madison. It's very simple. If he hits at least 750 rushing yards, he gets $250,000. If he hits a hundred thousand or hundred or sorry, a thousand rushing yards, he gets an additional $250,000. So if he over the course of the next two seasons runs for a thousand yards, Alexander Madison will make $500,000 extra in 2023 and 2024. Now these are considered not likely to be earned incentives. He's never rushed for more than 500 yards in his career. He's also never been a full-time starter. We'll see how that ends up translating. Would not shock me if he ends up earning all that money. But if he does, it doesn't. But being not likely to be earned, they don't apply to this year's cap. If he earns them, yes. they would apply to next year's cap. Yes, and that's one of the ways to like. He's going to have the opportunity to rush for a thousand yards. Let's just be real here. It's one of the easy ways the Vikings and other teams can manipulate the salary cap to help them this year. And honestly, two years, $8 million, if he ends up hitting both of those numbers, if he plays well to earn those incentives, that's a pretty fair contract. Byron Murphy's is a little more complicated, and it has to do with his injury history. He missed a lot of time, I believe nine games last year with a back injury. So this one is a little different. He gets $250,000 for hitting each of the following defensive snap plateaus. 70%, 75%, 80%. And 85%. If he plays 85% of the defensive snaps, he makes a million bucks. If he And th- these are for both 2023 and 2024. If he is named a first-team All-Pro, he makes a million bucks. If he's named second-team All-Pro, he makes 500000 And if he makes the Pro Bowl on the original ballot in either season, it's 250000 bucks. So he could make an additional $4.5 million on his two-year $17.5 million deal. Not a bad thing for Byron Murphy Jr. And if he makes that million-dollar bonus for being all-pro, that means we got a heck of a deal at cornerback. Absolutely we did. And that's why some of these incentives can be good for players. They're also good for teams because if they're easy to hit, and they don't hit them, well, you don't pay anything out, and you don't have to worry about the salary cap implications. Likely to be earned incentives, if they aren't hit, they come off the cap next year. So, And a likely to be earned incentives would be, oh, Justin Jefferson hits 1,000 receiving yards. That's a very likely to be earned incentives because he's hit 1,400 his first three years. But if he doesn't hit it, that let's say it's a million bucks. It'll count towards the cap, but if you don't pay it, it comes off of next year's cap, so like rolls over negative money. I will say... Dan mentioned Copper Trail Brewing Company. They have good beer. I used to sell them in my store. Very nice people, too. Yeah, you always love to see that combo. But that's our show, Dave. Not a whole lot going on as we we are two weeks away from minicamp, the 12th through the either the 13th or the 14th. The camera if it's two or three days. And the Vikings are in a position where they can continue to grow and continue to make things happen. And I'm really excited to kind of see what they're going to do. On Memorial Day, Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated released a piece where he sat down and talked about culture with the Minnesota Vikings and Kevin O'Connell. And it was very fascinating because their idea was to build a culture first and then be able to bring in those young pieces. Otherwise, like 
Look at the Bears. They don't have a culture. But they're bringing in all this young talent to try to bring in an influx. Well, it doesn't necessarily work if you don't have the culture yet. So the Vikings have established the culture. Now you bring in the young talent and try to make try to be able to take that leap. Will it be successful? We don't know. But that's their method to the madness. And I'm very intrigued to see how it's going to work long term. This is a fascinating team to watch, fascinating team to cover. Michael says Cam Dancer got cut. Yes, he did. He got cut by the commanders yesterday. Just an unfortunate circumstance for him, but sent to waivers. It is what it is. Makes you go, wonder what's behind that. Yeah. Um, Well, the guy didn't play super well. We'll find out eventually. It seems more than that because he flashed at moments. I doubt he would be gone if there was something other than that. Yeah. And Odie says hello from his spot on the floor. He does not want me to pick him up. He doesn't like (laughs) me picking him up anymore. A lot of times when I pick him up, I put him in the crate, and he hates that. So I will not be picking him up, but he is doing good. He's licking my foot because he loves me. And that is our show. We'll be back on Monday, hopefully being able to talk some Minnesota Vikings news. If something breaks with Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook, we're going to try and go live. I've also heard some rumblings about other possible moves that the Vikings could make. If those end up happening, we will we will try to get something out to you right away. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check out the Vikings Daily Opener on our podcast feed. All you have to do is search Vikings First in School on your favorite podcast aggregator. Subscribe, and you'll get those every single morning where Dave reads up all the news of the day, most of it coming from vikingswire.com, where I am the managing editor, and you'll be able to understand everything that's going on in the world of the Minnesota Vikings. You also get to check out two old bloggers this Saturday, right? Are you back uh, on Sunday? Prob- I don't know. It depends on if Darren's on call on Saturday or Sunday because the wildfires are still going strong up yeah. there. But most likely Saturday because I think he's on call Sunday. But I'll let folks know which day it is. And we will also be covering in our own unique way what happens in the next couple of days. Tomorrow is June yep. 1st. And that's when things are going to get wild across the NFL. So, yes, stay it's tuned. Going to be wild. It's going to be fun. It's going to be wild. It's going to be fun. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, the Minnesota Vikings are going to be an interesting team to follow over the course of the next few seasons. Thank and you very much for watching. And as we always say, Dave, Skull Vikings. Well, before we say that, there's one more thing that happens June 1st. What? Justin and Purple and Gold for Days officially becomes a podcast partner of Vikings First and Skull. Well, wait, wait to tell me on the air, Dave. I've told you before. Anyways, we say Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.